Welcome to this episode of CDN Media's Executive Insights Podcast. I'm your host, J.D. Miller. AI and machine learning continue to be on the minds of executives in their tech planning for this year and beyond. With that context, I'm excited to have Akil Attar as my podcast guest today. Akil is the founder and CEO of UK-based automation software provider Expert Rule. Now, he founded Expert Rule in 1985, which has evolved into a key provider of AI automation software today. Akil is a pioneer in this field, and I'm excited to pick his brain on the future of AI and so much more after the break. Akil, thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure to be with you, JD. So I, I want to start off with, and, and tell me about the evolution of your organization after being formed 40 years ago. It's, it's an interesting story, actually, JD. So um, we've really been through, if you like, three uh, evolutionary steps. So we obviously were, myself and a few, a few others uh, that worked with me, we were pioneers in the AI. We started back in the early 80s when AI was just emerging. And for 15 years, we had great fun. We actually developed algorithms. We went around the world solving very complex business problems. We were never motivated by AI for the sake of AI. We always seeked algorithms to solve problems. So it was fun 15 years. I traveled the world, Japan, USA, Europe, UK. We helped many large organizations solve some very complex problems. And in the process, we accumulated a basket of technologies and experiences. We then, uh, around 2000, the millennium, we decided we're going to go vertical and actually address two vertical sectors. One was complex customer interactions, whereby you're enabling people to do complex selling of complex products, regulated products, et cetera, et cetera, and also, and also complex technical supports, telcos, complex equipment, that type of thing. The other uh, vertical that we addressed uh, successfully in those 10 years, 2000, 2010, was the manufacturing and process sector. We used the power of AI to improve efficiency, to improve energy uh, usage, to uh, reduce uh, equipment downtime, etc., etc. So that was a very interesting phase. And then really around 2010, 11, we decided we really are going to go for developing what I call the ultimate AI platform. So we actually uh, consolidated our 20 years of experience in developing algorithms, solving complex problems and vertical software solutions to develop what I call a state-of-the-art software stack, a platform for AI, which is low-code, and it combines uh, the pillars of AI, which to me are machine learning, decision automation, and conversational AI. And indeed, what we've ended up with early this year, we released it earlier, early in 2021, is what we call Viable AI, which is our low-code platform for solving the various intelligent automation uh, applications. Now we are in this phase, we're actually looking to scale and grow. And to that end, we've recently recruited 
some big hitters in the intelligent automation space to help take us to market in a big way. So we're moving from being a very highly technical unit, problem solvers, into an organization that wish to um, uh, sell its intelligent automation platform worldwide. Wow, quite the journey, quite the journey. Hell of a journey, hell of a journey. This year's been so interesting. So when it comes to AI, how has the pandemic shifted tech leaders' focus? Interesting points, actually. I would say two things, which obviously everybody's talking about. So I'll give you my angle as to how AI shifted the focus. The first one, as you and I and everybody, the fact that we are having a virtual conversation, there's obviously been a shift in the working patterns of employees. That's obvious. Now, that actually brought into the focus the need to empower remotely working employees to do their jobs as efficiently as they were at the office supervised by experts. And I think AI has a big role to play because AI can empower remote workers to do work, skilled work by the computer actually guiding the worker into how to conduct that. And the biggest area is actually customer facing uh, staff. So people that used to work in a contact center or a support help desk and had they had supervisors, line managers with them to call upon, all of a sudden they, they find themselves on their own working remotely. And I think AI has enabled uh, that uh, to happen by empowering these people and also taking some of their workload through customer self-service. The other area which everybody's talked about is there's been a massive disruption to the uh, manufacturing supply chain. And actually that brought to the focus the need for two things. First of all, we need to better uh, uh, improve our manufacturing process to ensure that we minimize downtime through preventative maintenance. So we're not needing the, 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 the critical components to replace. And that's an area for AI. And secondly, to actually shift to what I call intelligent configurable manufacturing. So instead of a shop floor making one item, let's make it intelligently configurable so it can't make more components that we need. So we shift and remove our emphasis on supply chain suppliers thousands and thousands of miles away. So I think these two things actually, AI can really help that shift. So you mentioned customer service and you also mentioned manufacturing. What industry sectors are you hearing that are most embracing AI and why? That's an interesting point actually that you led with customer service, JD, very perceptive of you because actually I would say the contact center industry and that obviously spans financial services, telco, local government, that in itself is really embracing AI in a big way. Incidentally, when I say embracing AI, I actually, I should correct myself. They're embracing intelligent automation of which AI is a pillar. So the contact center industry have realized the benefit of being able to empower call center agents to work remotely, to provide the best customer experience, but also to be able to shift some of that workload to self-service. So I would say con customer contact in general has flourished during the last 
18 months, two years. But obviously sectors like health, the ability to, to use AI for image recognition, document scanning and parsing, that's a big area. Uh, manufacturing uh, uh, and process in general, improve efficiency, reduce uh, energy uses, reduce downtime, all these issues. Uh, supply chain, optimizing uh, the supply chain, reducing uh, uh, or optimizing scheduling and resource utilization. And finally, one we've seen all of us that shop with Amazon or whichever massive retailers, and that is the impact of AI on retail and e-commerce. We are able to understand and predict customer behavior real time in a minute way to shift our what we offer, our pricing, our discount, our promotion to track that. Interesting, interesting. So I'm also curious uh, on the flip side, what are you hearing as being the biggest inhibitors to adoption and implementation of AI in, in machine learning today? I, I actually get conversations like this all the time with partners and customers. I would say JD, there are two inhibitors actually. The first inhibitor is the fact that somebody are looking, an organization are looking for applications for AI. Because if you do that, you will never find an application for AI. What you should do is look for an application to transform your business process using intelligent automation. If you shift that mindset that way, you will find lots of application for AI that underpins intelligent automation. So the first inhibitor, don't go looking, I've got an AI tools, what can I do with them? Say, how can I transform my business with intelligent automation? So a mind shift. The second one, actually, and, and I think the industry, the analyst and the vested interest are very guilty of, and that is there's been a hype created that AI means big data and deep learning. Actually, AI is beyond that. AI is whatever make intelligent automation possible. And to me, that means, yes, it does mean machine learning, but it also means the automation of human expertise and decisions. These two factors really are the biggest inhibitors in my experience. One interesting thing that I've seen during this pandemic is you, you, you got to see a lot of uh, organization acquisition, companies buying other companies. And more and more, we're seeing those older organizations acquiring AI companies to give them more of an edge and help drive better decisioning. So my question for you is, is that a trend or do you see it slowing down as people look to companies like yours to continue to make strides in AI? I would say, given what I said before, AI really is part of the wider picture of intelligent automation. So whilst AI companies will make tremendous strides and be successful, there will always be an, uh, an acquirer with the bigger picture of intelligent automation that will need the expertise and the skills of the AI companies. So whilst, yeah, AI companies can make strides, there will always be targets for acquisition. And I think that's healthy. But one thing to add is actually the expertise of developing software that has AI algorithms that solve real business problems and methodology for doing that, it's very rare. So a, a company, a large company into the bigger space of intelligent automation 
can't just readily replicate that. And that's the other driver for acquiring uh, AI companies. So I think that will continue, but that's a healthy evolution. Yeah, well, talk about evolution. Organizations are struggling today to find staff, right? Yeah. They're either upskilling, they have to reskill, they have to go into the marketplace and, and sometimes way overpay for some, some talent. Talk to me, when you're dealing with intelligent automation in the space you're in, how difficult is it to find quality staff as you continue to grow? I mean, I think there is no doubt about it. We are finding that in, in the UK, certainly where I am, it's getting increasingly difficult. Fortunately, people have the impression that AI companies need AI scientists and PhDs in AI and data, and data science to recruit. Actually, that's not the case. Our requirements are no different to any other software tech company, i.e. good business development people, good software developers, good applications developers, support people, and training people. So, so at least we're not no worse than other software tech companies. But I would say a lot of people uh, are very interested in working in our sector. So given that we are a leading edge company with the technology, that's an attraction. But also we've always worked on the basis that the, the, all the core team are incentivized by stock options because we believe everybody should have a share in the success of the business, especially where we are now. Successful company with experience looking to scale. And this is how we managed to attract some really heavy hitters in the intelligent automation sector over the recent uh, six to nine months. When, when we look at intelligent automation and AI space, what's the biggest misconception out there about AI and really intelligent automation as organizations are looking to streamline their business? I would say the biggest misconception, as I said before, there is a hype. There is a real hype about AI unfortunately is perpetuated by consultants who've never really you know, delivered the AI solution in their lives, analysts who've never, and some, some vested technology companies. If we can see beyond that hype and say, actually, you know, let's not focus on big data and machine learning. The two things we need to do, we have to reassure people that machine learning can be auditable and transparent because transparency and auditability are big confidence killers in the market when it comes to machine learning. So that's one thing we need to overcome. But the second thing is we can assure people that there is a role for learning from data, but there is just as much role for capturing the best practice expertise in every organization and automating it and deploying it hand in hand with the models from data. So data plus expertise delivers AI. Finally, last question for you. And I always like to break out the CDM media crystal ball. So breaking out your crystal ball for us, what is the next big innovation ahead for AI and intelligent automation? I would say you're gonna find more focus on making machine learning, deep learning, auditable, transparent, accountable. And second thing is actually, it has to be that machine learning has to be able to incorporate human in the loop, human expertise in the loop. And I think there will be development in those directions so that machine learning can incorporate ex human expertise and also be accountable, transparent, and auditable.
Wonderful. Well, it's going to be exciting to see where things are going, you know, in the next six months, next three years. But Absolutely. I know in the events I'm holding, the top CIOs out there, it's, it's one of the top things they're thinking about. How can I get intelligent automation um, and help my company grow? Thank you so much, Akil, for taking the time with us today. It's been a pleasure, JD. Thank you very much for taking the time. Thank you to Akil for joining us today. And don't forget, you can still listen to past episodes of CDM Media's Executive Insights on cdmmedia.com or wherever you stream your podcasts. Until next time, keep connecting.